Good morning, everybody. We are so glad that you are here. If you're just joining us for the first time or the first time in a long time, welcome. We are in week two of our message series called Child of God. If you're just joining us, let me take a few moments to bring you up to speed. And as by way of reminder, you can always catch up or see a, a past message on our website, theascensionparish.com slash homilies. Last week, we talked about how God's love for us is not dependent on anything that we do. And we also talked about how we cannot earn or make ourselves worthy of God's love. Rather, we said, it's the other way around. God makes us worthy of him. And he does this for one reason. And the reason is quite simple. We are his children and he loves us with everything. This week, we're going to talk about how a performance-based mentality is different from and at odds with your kingdom identity. We'll get to that in just a moment. But before we do, I wanna talk to you about something that you've been hearing in the announcements for a while now. Um, Next Sunday, we have a very special event. Jason Everett will be here at Ascension to give his talk, Gender and the Theology of Your Body. He was here last year and he gave a a talk on chastity and people said, oh, why are you gonna do that? No one's gonna wanna come. It was awesome. And to a person, the people who were there felt uplifted and and joyful and it it was a great night. So I wanted to share with you three reasons why I think you should come to this event next week. Um, And the event is for ages 13 and up. So if you're a parent, you have children, I think it's very important that one of you are here. Um, But here we go, number one. Gender, as we've been saying, is a topic around which there is much confusion in society today. And for us to be able to speak the truth in love, we have to be informed. It's not enough for us to rely on platitudes. We have to understand why our identities as men and women are part of God's plan for our flourishing. And we have to understand where other people are coming from so we can best help them. Number two, even if you don't have anyone in your family or circle who struggles with these things, it's all over our society. And it's your words and example whether you realize it or not, that could make all the difference to someone who's struggling. And then third and finally, as I said before, this is going to be a positive and an uplifting night. And if you come, I guarantee you that you will understand yourself better and you will be better positioned to flourish as the man or woman that God has created you to be. This is a ticketed event um, and you can buy it ticket on our website, theascensionparish.com. There's a link, um, or they might be for sale after Mass. And I should just say, all of our teens in the parish don't need to buy a ticket. The ticket is on us. That's how, how strongly we believe in this. What is a performance-based mentality? Simply put, a performance-based mentality is this false idea that your worth is dependent on what you do. The false idea that your worth is dependent on what you do. We don't 
talk about this a lot, but really, this mindset is behind a, a lot of reasons why people would turn to euthanasia or might even want to give up on life. You know, they might see their pain or their terminal condition and think to themselves, I can't do anything, so why should I go on living? They think, you know, if I can't do much, I might not be worth much. Or a person might experience challenges and they might think to themselves, all the good I do means nothing and I don't measure up. You know, but as we've been saying, your worth and your dignity don't come from what you do, but from who you are. And who you are to God is a beloved child. A performance-based mentality is also bad on the other end of the spectrum. I mean, just imagine, say you're very successful. Say everything is going your way. Maybe you're puffed up with pride and think you're the end-all and be-all. And since you do a lot, maybe you think you're worth a lot. Even if those things are true, you are building your house on shaky ground because sooner or later, you're going to make a blunder and it's all going to come down. We're all broken. We're all broken. Sooner or later, things are not going to go our way. So if we build our house on that shaky ground of what we do, it's going to leave us empty because a performance-based mentality always leaves us longing. Now, on the other side is your kingdom identity, your kingdom identity. Think of the kingdom of God. And again, your kingdom identity doesn't come from what you do, but from who you are, who you are to God, a beloved child. So all this weight of having to earn or having to make yourself worthy of God's love, all this weight is taken off your shoulders. God lifts you with his grace because you are his child and he loves you with everything. As we said last week, it's God who makes you worthy. You are worthy. That's your kingdom identity. The whole kingdom of heaven, that is your inheritance. We're going to talk about this a little bit next week, but just a little teaser. God desires to give you the kingdom more than you desire to receive it. God desires to give you the kingdom more than you desire to receive it. We'll talk about that next week, but anyhow, let's see how this dynamic plays itself out in today's gospel. Today's gospel opens on the first Easter Sunday and two of Jesus' disciples are walking to a village called Emmaus. And to set the backdrop for this, they had heard that there was an empty tomb They had heard that people said that Jesus was alive, but they didn't believe. And since they didn't believe, they decided it was all over and it was time for them to head home so they could go back to their old way of life. And as they walked, these two disciples were sort of doing a a post-mortem on everything that had happened in Jerusalem the previous week. And I bet they were trying to understand not just what it meant, but what it meant for them. And then we we know this story, that the road to Emmaus, Jesus 
comes alongside them and joins their discussion, but they don't realize it's Jesus. They're prevented from seeing this. And Jesus is very coy here. He coyly says, hey, what's going on? And it says these two disciples stopped and they looked downcast. You see, what's happening here is these two disciples are thinking with a performance-based mentality. To them, they had gave and they had done so much in following Jesus and it wasn't enough. It didn't measure up and now they think it was all for nothing. This is what they said. We were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. So in their sadness and in their disbelief, they let go of their kingdom identity. Jesus, however, slowly kind of walks with them and he corrects their their thinking as he interprets the scriptures for them. And as he does this, we can kind of imagine this stirring in their hearts starting to get bigger and bigger as his kingdom identity begins to take hold on them once more. So once they've arrived at the place, they don't want it to end. So they say to Jesus, who they don't realize is Jesus, stay with us, for it's nearly evening and the day is almost over. And again, at this point, the flame is growing really strong in their hearts. They don't want it to end. So Jesus joins them for a meal and we read, while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread and gave it to them. And with that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Obviously this should make us think of the mass and just think of, think of the whole context. We have the liturgy of the word where we, we hear the word. And as we hear the word, just like these disciples, our hunger for Jesus should increase. That day though, those two disciples didn't deserve to have this intimate encounter with Jesus. In fact, they, did, they deserved the opposite. They had forgot everything that Jesus told them. They did not believe the resurrection. They had given up and they were heading back to their old way of life. And what this scene teaches us very strongly is that God's love for us is not dependent, as we've been saying, on what we do. God's love for us is not dependent on what we do. Jesus went to them, not when they did deserve it, but when they didn't deserve it. And as his grace stirred in their hearts, they began to give that that proper response. So right after seeing Jesus and recognizing him in the breaking of the bread, these two disciples exclaim, were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? When we encounter God, our hunger for God should increase. Our hearts should burn more and more as we grow in discipleship. And the reason for this is quite simple. The more we recognize that we are children of God, the more we can see what is really important. And that isn't anything that we do, but it's who we are to God. 
And it's our response that matters, how we respond to everything that God gives us. The road to Emmaus is a road that we all walk. And in different ways we have to discover where have we given up on God? And where is God calling us back to him? The two disciples had given up on God and they were trying to to do it on our own. In which part of our lives are we doing the same thing? I want to put the question another way. Where is God trying to help us let go of a performance-based mentality so that we can better embrace our kingdom identity?